Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Oak Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Oh, we got so much to get to today, an awful lot to get to today. And for, for many of you getting a chance to see me in person, if you're watching on the Facebook live stream, first time we have had the stream up here in the last couple of weeks, and you get the added little bit of joy of seeing me uh, in some of my finest. I've got the shirt and tie on today because I've got a, uh, a hockey game to call later on tonight. I've got a Chippewa Steel hockey game to call, and I have to go right from there, right to there from here. So I've got the shirt and tie on. We got lots to get to today. Obviously, the Joe Luganbill news makes for a very easy show for us as far as what to talk about. We'll get to that. Also, towards the end of the program, a local school held up by many anti-mask advocates as being a sort of, uh, well, a, 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 a highlight, a sort of focal point for them. Well, now they're putting masks on. In the last couple of days. We'll talk about that. So for the anti-maskers out there. Who have been utilizing this one school district. As sort of the CCC. Uh, they've been very quiet. The last few days. We will get to all of that. In just a moment. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. To Eau Claire Hometown Media. On Spotify and the iHeart app. Lots of great podcasts coming your way. Outstanding podcast dropped today featuring Banker with a Beer, featuring the guys who are running the all-new Valley Sports Academy. That's the new building going up in Lake Halley that's going to be a big sports center, and you want to check this out. Uh, they got a great mission, a great idea, Brian and uh, Chase Great conversation. If you're somebody like me who does not like the professionalization of youth sports, they answer that. I left the conversation mostly appeased by it. There's still some things I don't necessarily like, but they're not the cause of the issues. So I'm not going to fo- force that upon them. But they got. I, I particularly like this Chase, who's a young man out of Chippewa Falls. I really liked him. And his vision. And he was by no means, by his own admission, some elite athlete. And he's got a great vision for this program. So check that out. Uh, By the way, lots of rumors that that group is building a 2,500-seat hockey arena. Not part of this first part of the project, but within, say, the next year, they're going to build a 25-seat hockey arena there is a lot of rumors from some well-connected people who are very well connected to the two individuals who are interviewed we asked them point blank about that on the podcast let me just tell you right now you don't hear no on the podcast so check out uh, banker with a beer well let's get right into it because i know what you all want to hear about you all want to talk about this. We call this program Talk of the Town. And one of those just fun names. But sometimes there's a story that truly is the talk of the town. 
wherever you go, wherever you're getting that coffee, wherever you're stopping for that snack at lunchtime, whatever you're talking about at the office, with neighbors. This truly is an icebreaker conversation, and that is the Joe Luganbill story. Ah, uh, remember how th- this was the big story before the pandemic, January of 2020, a simpler time? The Joe Luganbill fiasco and how it all came to head. He had been trying to, well, he had entered into an agreement to renovate the state theater, and it all collapsed on him. CV, the Chippewa Valley LGBTQ plus group was going to move in there. And, and with them moving out, that unleashed the news that he couldn't handle the renovations and, and all of that. Well, Peter Rindall and the district attorney's office have come out and said, despite mounds of evidence, they are not going to prosecute. And his office now has a lot of explaining to do to the public. And that's the key thing there. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I've got my initial sort of impulse judgment, like many of you, but he's got a lot of explaining to do. Now, I'll try to explain their side of it, but man, it is a tough one to untangle. Like releasing those Christmas lights, you're trying to get ready to hang out in the next few days, get that big ball there, and you're able to untangle it, but it takes a lot of work. There's a lot of knots in there, and the same thing here. I mean, I mean, Joe Luganbill has been punished in the last couple of years. His life has crumbled. What the life he was building, albeit it might have been being held up by soggy breadsticks, the floor held up by soggy breadsticks as opposed to concrete and wood, but his life crumbled. And if a district attorney thinks building a case would be difficult, it comes down to, is it worth it? And only Peter Rindall knows why he doesn't think it would be worth going after, why the work wouldn't be worth it. When they're building cases, sometimes it's the quote-unquote slam dunk. Many times they go, we, 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 we know this person's guilty, and we are pretty darn sure we're going to be able to get the conviction. But sometimes they go, we, we think they're guilty. We've got the evidence. We don't think we can get the conviction, and it's not worth the time. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the time to try to to try to go through go through it. Again, it is a head scratcher. The leader telegram pointed out something very smart. Twenty two thousand dollars seems to be the number we're talking about here. Twenty two thousand dollars, which is not, you know, it, well, it's a massive amount of money, but it's not. Oh my God, fall backwards, your tongue hits the roof of your mouth and goes right to your brain, type of money but it's $22,000. It is similar to the amount Zur Smith took as a county DHS employee. Remember that story from a couple years ago? Similar to the amount that Zur Smith took from the DHS, and they, they prosecuted that case. So you can't just say, well, it's only $22,000. The Rennell Laffey story, for instance 
with Hope in the Valley. That's more than 60000 So you can't just say, well, it's only 22000 Maybe, And that's what I was thinking at first. Maybe it's just it's too small of potatoes. But they persecuted somebody in the DHS office for that same amount of money. Now to backtrack here just a little bit. The Eau Claire Police Department did a year-long investigation. What they found was that from 2016 to 2020, Lugan Bill had used substantial amounts of charitable funds for his personal expenses. Again, some $22,000. <clears> Peter Rindall's office, the district attorney, and this is, by the way, his first major he's out in front of it decision since he took over in August from Gary King. And Peter Rindall had been in the office for years. He, he's, he's been involved in this before. It's not as though Peter Rindall came into this cold. But his office doesn't feel it has enough or what it would need to get a conviction. That's pretty much what they said in their written statement. Now, they've provided written comments to the media, which I understand the written comments. But don't you wish these groups would talk more? And that's not just these guys. Don't you wish these groups would talk more? And what they're following, I'm going to give you all a little, bit of a, a little bit of a PR thing. It used to be the best way to put out a fire, public relations-wise, is to shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Let it pass. And the news cycle would move on to something else. People would move on to something else. Maybe you would placate with a written comment. But in the last, I'd say, five to ten years, with the way the internet is, with the way society itself is, by not talking and by not answering questions and kind of trying to, well, not be transparent, you open the door to way, way, way more conjecture and people talking rumors and eventually people with that conjecture and the rumors that begins to become the narrative, and no matter what is true or not, the narrative becomes the reality. So you can't apply 1998 public relations strategies going forward. And I understand lawyers don't want you to talk. There is still a way to talk without giving a lot of answers. But by coming out and you know doing an on-camera interview and answering a couple basic questions... That helps you down the process. And that's not just here, it's everywhere. Personally, I think local media needs to stop accepting written comments. Instead, they got to say, hey, we got this written comment that's a bunch of words on paper that means nothing. And instead, say, hey, so-and-so refused to discuss with our reporters and answer questions. Start hyping that up more. You know, the days of the local press conference are, are, are going bye-bye. It's not... Un- it, 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 think about this. Credit to the leader Telegram. They're the ones who dug this story up. This, this has actually been sitting there for a while. It wasn't like Peter Rindall called a press conference to tell everybody an update on this. They would have been very happy if everybody didn't know what the heck they had decided. All right, so a few things on the Luganville case. As the decision has come out. One, this will disappoint many, the fact that he's not facing prosecution. As I said, it's, it's hard to understand the reasons why 
from Peter Rindall's office. He's got reasons. I don't necessarily know if they satisfy me right now, but without going down conspiracy roads, well, I'm just going to take it for what it is, I guess. And that is just a controversially tough decision. But this, this, this decision will disappoint many who wanted their pound of flesh. Now, Joe did screw over a few people. There were employees with his nonprofit. There were people that were supposed to benefit from his nonprofit. There was the Chippewa Valley LGBTQ Plus Center. But, and here is the truth. Joe pissed off many in this town just because, now wait for me to finish this whole thing, just because they were jealous of him. Now, let me finish what I mean before you fly off the handle. When I say many of you were jealous of him. Hold on, hold on. I said back then in, in January of 2020 the same thing. And a lot of you have come out of the program since then. And I irritated many of you then. I'm sure I just irritated a mu bunch of you now by saying a lot of you were pissed off at Joe because you were jealous of him. Jealousy played a role. Now, before you fly off the handle, I'm not saying jealousy in the same immature way that you think of it as, like, like, like in high school, when your friend would be invited to the party I was putting on, because I was the cool kid, uh, I'd invite your friend to the party, but I wouldn't invite you. So you'd be jealous of your friend that they got to come to my party. Not that type of jealousy. And maybe jealousy isn't the right word, but I think it actually is in this case. No, so don't think of it like that. Think of it like this. You, you, no, you were jealous, pissed off at Joe Luganbill for years, and rightfully so, because Joe got benefits and powerful positions in this area that were hard to really understand and this is the latest example of it where it just seems like he gets benefits and you can't understand why i've said before when i moved back in the town in 2016 i'd hear this joe lugan bill and i'd ask people well what's he, you know, why is he in all these positions of power and people would scratch their head and they'd look at me and they'd go scott i don't know but a lot of people like him i could never find the people who liked him Everybody just assumed everybody else liked him. And he kept getting these positions of power. He kept getting into these positions they probably didn't wholeheartedly deserve. He was gifted much in this area at a very young age. Now, is he, is he at fault for it? Yes and no. In some cases, he asked for it. He went out and asked for these things. And many of your neighbors, and in some cases you yourselves, gave it to him. He went out and ran for school board. People voted for him. Then once he was in the school board, people made him the president, which is still a head-scratcher. wasn't like he had some huge background in it. Joe, Joe, Joe rose up the ranks in this town at a young age and quickly. He did so partially because he was smart and opportunistic, and that is a very valuable trait. But he also was sly and cunning and a little bit of George Costanza in him, in which it's not a lie 
if you believe it. Again, he was running the damn school board, running the school board. He was the president not that many years ago at a ridiculously young age. And something we need to question our fellow community members is why? He didn't have a background. It was just a cool story. A young man who sounded confident. He didn't have any credentials or any major noteworthy ideas. He wasn't Doogie Hauser or some exceptional student. He over-exaggerated the popularity of an online cooking show he once had, something a lot of teenagers do, a lot of adults do. They over-exaggerate their success on something. He had an online cooking show that he overextended its accomplishments. He overplayed his hand on that. Said he started talking to production companies and the such. And I told you all a couple years ago that that's not uncommon. You do, a, you do an online show that gets five figures of viewers. You're going to get called by somebody. You're probably going to get called once. You may never hear from them again. They don't have actual interest, but that's another story. Then, we, then you have Joe Luganbill's foundation. So he takes all this stuff and he starts up a foundation, which is typically something people do once they've been successful in business and they've built up a bit of a nest egg or they've built up a bunch of contacts who are there to help them. He jumps right into a foundation at probably too early of an age, too early in a career. He has no financial backing really with it. So he starts this foundation. Nobody stops him. It was because why are you going to stop him? It's a fun, noble idea, and it's Joe Lugan Bill. But his foundation does hardly any benefit to the area, maybe more harm than good to the people that they had, and all of that. So that's why I say with this whole story, why it irritates so many of you, why it pisses so many of you off about Joe Luganville. It's that for the last decade, you've been frustrated by this guy that I think everybody looks and says, well, I don't really know anything about him, but everybody says he's good. We've yet to find the people. I mean, he just, he, he, he'd ask for things and he got them. And this is the latest example of it. Everything turns up Joe Luganville. It's like the old Simpsons sketch. Everything coming out Millhouse. So people were jealous of him before this news came out. As I said, not jealous in the sense of you're, you're in the immature vein of it, but jealous like, how the hell is he getting all this? He had cunningly moved into a position of power in our area, got into roles and positions many of you arguably have more of a right to. You know what Joe Luganbill is like? We got Thanksgiving coming up. You know how everybody stands around the Thanksgiving table and you got the chairs all laid out? And let's say it's a new, it's a new family structure, so it's not like you know years of tradition. And you got the chairs all spread out there. And most people, as they start to move towards the table, won't take that head seat. They'll meekly take another seat. And some people, especially those that are not 
you know, the more experienced members of the family, they definitely will sit more towards the middle. They're, you know, but you know what Joe Luganbill did? Joe Luganbill said, I don't care. You know, there, there's, 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 there's grandfathers, there's grandmothers, there's the, there's the patriarch and the matriarch. Of the family. You know what Joe Luganbill did? He just went and sat at the head of the table. He just went and sat at the head of the table. Nobody had called it. Nobody had re reserved it. He just sat there and nobody told him no. Nobody told him no. Again, he did wrong. Joe Luganbill did wrong. I think the police report is pretty clear on that. He did wrong with the state theater, his foundation. There's enough there that you would think criminal charges. I've seen a number of people say, well, maybe it'll, it'll end up in civil court. It could. Who's going to go after him, though? Who's going to go after him? A lot of the organizations and the people that he wronged don't have deep pockets and it might not be worth it for them to go after. It's not like he cheated one individual out of $22,000. Joe Luganbill is a case study in personal marketing success. What is sad is he had a bright future in this area and on his own accord he screwed it up. Got himself in too deep. Should he be facing more punishment? Again, Peter Rindall, it's hard to comprehend the decision. It just is. And understand this too, the fact that it all came out, and yes, it, it, it's public record, but the fact that it came out, knowing how thin our media outlets are in this area, somebody wanted it to get out to the level that it has. Somebody wanted it to get out. Again, Peter Rindall, it's hard to comprehend the decision. But I'm not about to say he's in on the take or some other wild conspiracy. It'll be interesting to see how this story moves forward. In, in, in the sense of, will there be another chapter to this story? Will we ever see Joe Luganbill again? Will Peter Rindall ever really explain to us why? Is it as simple as, and this would not make people happy because they want a juicier story. Is it as simple as Peter Rindall looked at everything and he goes, this guy's guilty, but the case, we could not build enough of a case. Is that truly what he thinks? Was that truly what he thinks? And what Peter Rindall's got to be careful of is now all of a sudden, just a few months into his tenure, the antennas are up for everybody. Because now people are going to be looking at similar cases. Does he prosecute them? Does he prosecute them? Let's not get caught up, by the way, if, is he doing a good job, a bad job, and all of that. You have to see the totality of work. But only a few months into being the district attorney, a job gifted to him after Gary King pissed that down his leg with how immature he was. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, before we go here, 
So there's a lot of you out there that are that are anti-maskers, and and I've said before, I I'm not necessarily pro-mask, and it's hard for me to get used to wearing a mask again after we had all these months without it. But a lot of you are very, very, very anti-mask. You don't want any compromise whatsoever, and 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 God bless you. So one of the school districts that has not had masks required all year is the Regis school system. And they're one of a number of school districts in the area not requiring masks this school year. Now, a number of the students have worn masks in the classrooms. It varies via building. It varies via grade level, all of that. And I will tell you, I will tell you now, as we've gotten more into the school year, there's less and less mask wearing than there was in, say, September. When it was you know, optional in September, more kids were wearing it. As the year's gone on, less and less kids are putting the masks on where it's optional. That's not the point. My daughter attends religious education classes, first communion classes, at Immaculate Conception. Wednesday evenings, same building that Immaculate Conception has an elementary school. They, they run an elementary school, part of the Regis School District. And somebody correct us if we are wrong. Then we got wrong information and somebody's hiding something else. Let us know. But my daughter this week had to wear a mask going to First Communion classes. She had to wear a mask. First time that's happened. Had to wear a mask upon asking why. And this was a, a note to everybody. It's because Immaculate Conception as a whole, and the hint was... Maybe the whole district, too, at the elementary level, but at least Immaculate Conception in the Regis School District has gone to requiring masks in the Regis District. So Immaculate Conception looks like they are requiring masks now at the elementary school for at least a short period of time. Now, somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. And if, they, if they're wrong on that, then we were lied to why our daughter had to wear a mask on Wednesday night. Uh... The caveat to the whole thing is our daughter loves wearing her mask. She loves wearing a mask. It's not like we're forcing it on her, but we were told she had to wear a mask on Wednesday night because the whole school building during the regular school day is now requiring masks at Immaculate Conception. Keep, a, keep an eye on that. Uh, if you will. Uh, also keep an eye on Blue Gold Volleyball this weekend. Hopefully they're going to bring home a national title. In fact, at the time of us uh, recording the podcast, they have started their Elite Eight matchup. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, all of that. Great blog coming out on uh, Friday about that. Uh, we'll talk more about it in the next couple of weeks, too. The Chippewa Steel taking on the United States Women's National Team at the Chippewa Ice Arena in a couple of weeks. We'll talk more about that. That'll do it for us here today. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So long, everybody.